So, if while they're going by, if you'll take your Bibles and go to the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 4. Now, I'm going to be reading from the New King James. Juan, do we have the New King James? We don't? Okay. He's going to have the King James on the screen. Um, now, the last few weeks, we're in a series called Victorious Secrets. Let's say it right. Victorious Secrets. Because the truth is, God wants victory for your life. Now, listen to me. We, we, we say, we shout, we love victory, right? Everybody loves victory. But do you know what God's kind of victory is? God's kind of victory is that it's not that everything in your life is rosy and perfect all the time because that's a myth. That is an absolute myth that those of us in the faith world have perpetrated for no reason. However, victory is overcoming those things. Victory is knowing how to deal with them. When you see, when you see that snake rear its ugly head, you know how to cut it off and keep moving. That's what victory is. Victory is to keep you focused on the prize, not focused on the problem. Victory teaches you how to speak to the mountain and the mountain move, not to stand around and talk about how you're a mountain mover. Well, y'all going to make, make a homeboy work today. That's all right. <laughs> so the last couple of weeks, we started with, uh, we started with, uh, we started with victory over fear. Everybody deals with fear. And you have to have victory over fear because it's fear that will stop you in your tracks. Fear will stop you from trying. Then we talked about victory over doubt. Doubt and fear work together. Doubt means that you, don't, you, you may have started to try, but you start talking about how you can't. Things that are coming out of your mouth. Today we're going to talk about victory over lack. Say lack. Now y'all, let's, let's, let's everybody look right here, right here. The offering's done. Don't, do not meet me in the hallway and tell me I'm a money preacher. Because what we're talking about today is lack, and money is a part of it, but we're not talking about money. So, now I ain't afraid to talk about money. Matter of fact, I can give you 12 weeks on money and it'll turn your whole business around. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about today lack, which is a spirit, it's poverty. So, 1 Timothy chapter 4, I better slow down. 1 Timothy verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 1. Now, the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith. You are watching that right here, right now. Giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of devils or demons, depending on which version you're reading. Number two, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Now, the biggest lie that the church has perpetrated, listen to me now, is that poverty shows how spiritual you are. It's the biggest lie. Now, understand something. Now, 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 now we're going to get down and dirty today. If you, if, you, if you don't like what I'm about to say, come back next week. It'll be all pretty again. But here's the deal. The church will tell you, oh, you shouldn't have nothing. But then turn around and ask you for something. <laughs> right? My favorite is this. We ride in... You know, we, we, we're part of the faith conference. We, we ride to different conferences. Doc Barkley, Brother Copeland's out in Texas. And, and, and while I, let me just mention that. Uh, because I mention Brother Copeland a lot and people kind of, but let me tell you something. If you've ever listened to any of his broadcasts or been in any of his meetings, he mentions money like zero. He's been painted as a money preacher, but he never mentions it. And by the way, uh, the Unchained books and Faith to Faith books and the things that we're able to take into the jails and to the men's homes, they give us those for free. All over the world for free. Five to seven million dollar a year budget to put books in prison so people can hear about Jesus. Oh, but he's all about money. 
All right, let's just move that and get over here. Now, look, I get real funny about my fathers in the faith now because they turned my life around. That don't mean I'm them. But bless God, they taught me some things. But the church will tell you this. We'll listen to radio broadcasts in these travels, and they'll be like, and they'll just, you know, because they all got that whiny voice. And, yeah, you got to listen to the word. And now, they can't string two sentences together, but you better listen. Oh, Jesus. Where's my wife? Oh, she's right. She's still close. I better get up here. Uh, I thought she was out of the building. I thought I could say something. Um, but then they'll say, you don't believe in that giving to get. You don't, don't, don't you be listening. Pre- don't be giving. Don't be good. Don't, but if you don't give, my radio broadcast is going off the air. <laughs> Which one is it? The point is that is a poverty mentality. See, you can be, listen to me now, you can have millions and be somebody in poverty. So this has nothing to do with dollar signs. So get that out your brain. Some people think, well, if I have a lot, if I have a lot, I'll be prosperous. You ever watch Hoarders? <laughs> I mean, we're laughing, but let's, let's be honest about this stuff. Have you ever? They got a lot of stuff. Oh, you ain't, ain't got no money. Stuff, tags all on it. Mold, too, but tags on it. Oh, Jesus. To overcome lack, you have to deal with a poverty mindset. When I first got saved, now look, let me just go ahead and and say this. I've got four pages of scriptures to back up being out of the lack mindset. I'm not getting to all of them today. But they will be online. You can print them out. You'll have them. You need the word to win. You got to have the word to win. No, you don't need a preacher. You need the word. So when I first got saved, I had spent all of my years, I told you all last week, told you Wednesday night, I would spent all of my time uh, since I was a little boy playing music. And by the time I was 18, 19 years old, I was two weeks from a record deal fixing to go on tour with the Black Crows and had money, had to peel off, you know. Just my buddies have a fine. I needed them Friday night for a gig, got to peel off. My April would want to stab me in my eyeball. She would. She's like, why are you giving them money? Well, I got to have them, you know, to make more money, you know, that kind of thing. So when I got saved, the night that I got saved, and I cussed that preacher out in front of all them people, the re- I didn't cuss him out. Listen to me now. I did not cuss him out because I was angry at him. Can, can I just tell this story? I cussed him out because they put a camera in front of my face, and I thought they were going to use me to get money. See, I didn't realize what they were doing was putting together a video of people whose lives had turned around. But I had a poverty mentality because I had a lot of money at the time and I didn't want them to take that money from me. I was hoarding. Now, let me explain this poverty mentality to you. This is how it works. You got somebody in the church, they got, they got four lawnmowers sitting in their shed. All of them run too because they take care of their stuff. Got four lawnmowers. Ain't got but two hands. But they got four lawnmowers. And they got a single mom down the street or a single dad struggling to get by and won't give him one because they might need one next year. That is how the church thinks right now. We're going to hoard everything up. We're going to take up offerings and blah, 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 blah. And what we've done is we've created this mindset where the church is all about your money and not about your heart. And we need to own that as churches. We did that. However, it's time to break all that. Because grace says, I don't have to give. Faith says, you better give. Sonship says, I want to give. 
There is a difference in the mindset. See, I'm one of those guys, I will give you everything. She'll stop me. I will give everything away. Because nothing, let me tell you why. Because nothing will own me. I was a drug addict. Nothing will ever own me again. Except him. He owns me. I work for him. Some of y'all saying, you're doing a lousy job. I'm trying. You know, when we get to this place that the minute we walk in church, we get tight if somebody talks about finances, we have a poverty mentality. Not because you're worried about money. Listen to me, this is not about money. But because there's something attached to you called lack. Because there's a deficit on the inside of us that we have to make our own way. God, listen, let me explain something to you. You're supposed to go work. Now, I'll, let, me, let me just flip this, flip this around. I got a bunch of preacher friends of mine who will set their butts at home talking about they studying while their wife goes and pays the bills. Now, that's just as bad. So uh, let's find this runway right in the middle. Y'all with me? Oh, Jesus, I done lost all y'all. Listen, he says, speaking lies with hypocrisy, having their conscience seared. He is not talking about people who don't go to church. He's talking about the church. He's talking about the church getting to the point that the church thinks they got it all together and their conscience is scarred with the way they think and they can't treat people right because they don't even know how Jesus thinks about nothing. They've turned everything into what they think and it becomes about their storehouses and not his. See, let me explain something to you about this church. But there is not one person in this church that runs this church financially. Everything we do, God supplies you have never, any of you who've been here for more than three weeks, you've never heard me get up here and beat people up for an offering. You know why? He's my source. Amen. If he can't keep these doors open, we need to go somewhere else. That doesn't mean we don't do our part. But the truth is, is you have an opportunity. You don't have an obligation. Oh, come on, y'all. I'm, I'm actually setting you free. Some of y'all think I'm tying you up, but I'm actually setting you free. There is a dual mindset in the church, and that mindset says this. That mindset says, if God, if God wanted me to have it, he'd give it to me. Right? We've all, right? We all, I believe that on some level. How? Has anybody ever thought about how? Every seed produces after its own kind. I got ten kids. Not one of them came out of chicken. <laughs> yeah, I'm going over here. Every seed produces after its own kind. So if you need something in your life and you're believing God for it, then that's the area you have to sow into or sow from. So it's not an issue of money. It's an issue of what do you need. See, I can already feel people getting tight. This is not about your finances. This is about you being free. You can be broke and be free. You can be free. You, let me tell you something. You, you can owe no man nothing and not have to worry about a thing. But this is, let me, let me just, can I, can I put prosperity in a nutshell? Prosperity in a nutshell is this, is you having enough for you to make it and enough to bless somebody else. That's it. That's what prosperity is. Prosperity is having peace. Prosperity is being able to lay your head down at night and know your kids got food. Well, you know, God will bless some people when he won't bless. God says in his word, why would a good dad give his son bread and me turn around and give you a rock? God says that. So, but the, the thing is, it's not that God doesn't want to. It's the problem of you not asking the right question. Most people say, God, if you want me to have it, you'll give it to me. 
A wise man says, God, I know you want me to have it. How do I get there? Y'all, I'm sweating. Y'all making me work hard. All right. Let me show you something. I want to show you something. I want you to understand. This is the Old Testament. So in the New Testament, everything gets 100 times bigger. Psalms 35, verse 27. I think this is the first time y'all heard me preach on lack in probably 10 years. Psalms 35 27. Let them shout for, glo- for joy and be glad who favors my righteous cause. And let them say continually, pay attention to what this says. Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity or the peace of his servant. He cares that you're peaceful. He cares that your bills are paid. He cares about all those things. But his main concern is that you do it his way. The mindset of people, let me tell you something. Now I come from, I come from, my wife will tell you straight up, when I first got saved, I had a problem with money. I didn't want preachers asking me for my money. <clears throat> and she'll tell you I had a dual mindset. Now I'd give to all my buddies I needed to play, play you know, I need him playing guitar Friday night. I got to get him out of jail. You know, it sounds like, it seems like a whole different world, don't it? It just don't even seem right anymore. But now, listen, I'm, Brian, raise your hand. Brian's a great friend of mine. They've been a part of this church for a while. And I'm going to tell you about that much of his story. If you want to know his story, he'll tell you himself. But when we first met, he told me this story because he was coming here. and They were moving here to, to add their gifts and talents to this church. And, and was talking, not moving here, but moving to the church. And, and we talked about several different things. But he told me this story and it kind of blew me away. He said, Brian's been through this thing where he started here. And because he just used his gift and whatever the Lord told him to do and did it, and it elevated him to where his career status is, is probably the top of the game where he could go where he's at. Now, his career is here, right? Am I right? You, you, you okay. You all right. He ain't starving. Just by choice. He's here. He started here. Gabriel's gotten tickled about something. I don't know. But when he told that complete story to a minister of the gospel, they said, you don't need to tell that story. Because people are going, what they, how do you say, they're going to take it the wrong way. That's, you telling me God took a man from, from right above poverty and has blessed him? And people are going to take that the wrong way? That's the poverty mindset. But now, I'm, I'm not being rude. I'm not being rude, but, but don't nod your heads. But if they needed something, they'd call. That's the duality of the church. But when the church, and you are the church, by the way, when you get to the point that God's your source and however he gets it to you is up to him, but you're going to do your part, that breaks that duality mindset. You get past lack by realizing who you are in Christ. When you realize who you are in Christ, you realize that he is the complete and total supply. You realize Paul was on, listen, let me tell you something. If anybody had a right to be mad at God, it was Paul. My God, he was in a shipwreck every time he got on the water. Do not go fishing with Paul. But he always walked out blessed because he knew 
God's got me. Now, the problem with churches who beg you and beat you up for money and the people who are scared when offerings come up are people who don't know that God has them. And I'm not judging anybody because I was there for a long time, but I've realized that God is my source. And the truth is I've sat across desks from millionaires and billionaires and them offering me things if they just ha- could pull me away from my belief system a little bit and I knew that they, all they have is a check. I've got the creator of the universe and was able to get up and walk out of the office and not care. Don't care. Because those green pieces of paper that you lose your mind about could be gone tomorrow. But he's still here. I've got friends of mine that are are so money-minded that every service, it's about the offering. They preach it. And you say, well, my God, what is this one? No, no, I'm breaking something over you. I'm breaking a mindset. Because you've got to understand, it's really not about the offering. It's not about what you can give. It's about who you are. Amen. When you start to see yourself in him versus as your own supply, you see your life completely different. When, when you get to the place that you understand that you can move over into an anointing and a grace to attract the needs that you have to you, Philippians says that he will supply all, say all, In the Hebrew, it means all. All of your needs according to his. To his. Now listen. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my right. Say my. Are you saved? Do you pray? Do you try to let God lead you? It's a righteous cause. Let them, whoever... Whoever wants to shout, let them shout. Let them shout for joy that favor my righteous cross. Let them say continually that the Lord be magnified. Praise him first because he has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. This ain't about money. Y'all, please, I keep having to say that because I keep feeling that pull. Listen, (laughs) when you put yourself in Christ, everything you need starts coming your direction. When you take yourself out of Christ, it stops. Can, can, I, can I really just make this easy for you? We, we used to have a, when I was a kid, now y'all don't know nothing about it today because y'all's brains all burn out with iPads and stuff. But we had racetracks and you had to squeeze this little trigger, that kind of thing. And you'd squeeze it and if your brother was getting ahead of you, you'd just stop. So when he come back around, he hit you. That's the same, that trigger is what you have in the spirit. When you're doing what he's asked you to do, regardless of whether you're in fear or doubt, as long as you're not letting that come out of your mouth, but by faith, you're doing what he asked you to do. Let me explain something to y'all. When you're doing what he asked you to do, he is obligated to take care of you. Well, you know, listen. <laughs> People are going to think I'm crazy when I say this. He told us we were going to have 8 to 12 kids through People. Through prophecies. We already knew. But he confirmed it through people in three different parts of the state. People say to us all the time, why you got so many kids? Why you care? How you feed all them kids? It ain't because of you. Why is it your business? Isn't it weird that if it's outside of the realm of what you think is normal, you think you need to know how I do things? I didn't ask you about that. God told us. And what we, done, what we did was we, we moved ourselves into a position to believe him for everything because I can't feed all these jokers without him. 
Like, it's all cool, you know, when they're in diapers and stuff, but, man, they start eating. And then you got to, like, buy cars and, 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 you know, and then they get in their teenage years. And, Dad, you're ruining my life and, you know, all that silly stuff. And then when they get my age, they're going to look back and go, you were so smart. You're so wise. Because now it's just like, I'm tired of listening to you, Daddy. In 20 years, it's going to be, Father, are we in the will? No. No, you're not. Because <laughs> everything I got is I'm blaming him. No, I'm playing. I'm just playing. The only will I've got is the will to live right now. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> but, now, let, I, got, I better get some more scripture until you. Go, go, go. Let me, let me keep moving. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 29. Y'all learned anything this morning? Now, in this whole series, this is more of the teaching moment, okay? This is where we break some things over our life. Deuteronomy 29 verse 5. The Lord says, during the 40 years that I led you through the wilderness, this is Moses speaking to the people. Now, they didn't have nothing except, now let me, let me just tell you something. The reason Pharaoh did not want them to leave is because they the ones that had all the gold. So now they're 40 years in the wilderness, right? They got enough gold to melt down and make a, a monument to another God. But they ain't got no Walmart. So tell me how wealthy they were. Where are they going to spend the gold? They didn't have anything. All they had was the fire, you know, the fire and the smoke. Anyway, during these 40 years that I led you through the wilderness, your, cold, your clothes did not wear out, nor did the sandals on your feet. Now, look, I got kids. I'm buying shoes every two weeks. And shoes ain't cheap no more. But let me tell you something. I understand that if you wander through the wilderness, it probably gets old wearing the same clothes all the time. I understand that it probably gets old wearing the same shoes, and I just wish I had a new pair of kicks, whatever it is. But the truth is this. They had their needs met. They never struggled under the old covenant. You're under the new covenant, which means that the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow. You are under something that can't be measured in the spirit. You're under a whole new administration. Now, let's not get political, but we see the difference in administrations. Hallelujah. The truth is, there comes a time when you see the blessing at work in your life and you either understand it and move into it or you question it and curse what you're walking in. Because what you got to understand is that you have to see that when they got here, they still complained. They still complained. They, but, but did God take it from them? No. They had more meat to eat. They had anything they asked for. Now, let's, let's, let's make a quick jump. Go to Luke. Let's go to the New Testament. you got to rightly divide the word. Amen. Luke chapter 9, verse 1. Luke chapter 9, verse 1. He called, <clears throat> Luke 9, verse 1. He called his 12 disciples together, and he gave them the power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God. Say kingdom of God. Stop right there. You do realize the kingdom of heaven is a place. The kingdom of God is an administration. Those are two very different things, and they're confused in the church almost every, day, every Sunday. <clears throat> we were given the kingdom of God to go and heal the sick, verse 3, and he said to them right here, Take nothing for your journey, neither staffs nor bag nor bread nor money nor tunics, no iPads, no sneakers, no Planet Fitness cards. Don't take any of that. 
Just go. Now let's jump up several chapters to Luke 22. Luke 22, verse 35, and he said to them, he's reminding them of what he said. When I sent you without money and bag, knapsack, and sandals, did you lack anything? They said nothing. Verse 36, and he said to them, but now he who has a money bag, let him take it. And likewise a knapsack, and he who has no sword, let him sell his garment and go buy one. What he's saying is this, I've proven to you that I'm going to take care of you. Now, if you have something and you want to use it, use it, but don't forget who put it in your hands. The rich young ruler went to Jesus and said, now let me, let's just be, let's just tell you, I'm fixing to show you what this money mindset will do to your life. The rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he says, I want to be like you. Jesus invited him, come on, come, come with me. This guy's, what we, this guy's a millionaire in his time. He's young, he got money, probably good looking, probably had everything. Jesus said, sell everything you have. Come follow me. The translation's wrong. He wasn't supposed to sell it. He was supposed to sow it. Don't, don't get caught up in that King James stuff. Sometimes you've got to research for yourself. The Hebrew said, go sow what you have. Now understand this. He also wasn't asking him to give away his heritage. He was talking about what he had right there. And he was sad and he went away. Uh, he went away. He, you know, he, he kept all the laws and all things, but he was sad because he wanted to follow Jesus, but he just couldn't sell all of his stuff. He gave up an apostolic future. Amen. He gave up the ability to be the 12th man in the Bible. Amen. He gave up everything for something that wasn't going to last. Now, his mind was on the money, having no idea that Jesus, if he sold it and Jesus told him to, by the time he got back home, a hundredfold would have been in his house. Sometimes we give away what God's trying to get into us because we're too worried about what we have. I'm not trying to get from you what you have. I'm trying to get into you something I've learned. And what I've learned is this. If he is my complete and total supply, I have to let him be that. I don't care about too many things. My kids have adapted my saying. I'm, I'm in aviation training. I've been in aviation training a long time. Aviation training goes on forever. You're always having to stay current. I don't have an airplane. I don't have a hangar, but it's coming. But the truth is this. When people ask me, well, how can you afford that? I don't know. <laughs> he told me to do it. I ain't got to pay for it. Well, what, what, you know, aviation, if you, if you fly from here, if you just fly from here to Prattville to back, it's $140, just what it costs. Well, how, do you have that kind of money? No. Well, how are you going to get there? Well, I certainly ain't flying by faith. But, they, but, but it's, it's always there. Here's my saying, and they love it. It's just what it costs. Money does not move me. My mission moves me. I started this church with nothing. There are Sundays we walk out of this church with nothing. <laughs> and, and the truth is, is we take nothing. But he gives everything. My kids will be in the store. Oh, Dad, look at that. Yeah, that's 180 bucks for a pair of shoes. Hey, Dad, just what it costs. <laughs> and I love, go talk to Jesus. Well, aren't you his representative? <laughs> so we, this goes on like all day. But they've understood. Let me tell you something. These children, my children, I can't speak for y'all, but I can speak for my kids. 
My kids watched me go from being injured in 03 and not being able to walk for over a year of my life to here. They watched me at Christmas time take the last bit of money I had, which was my tithe. I couldn't walk, couldn't go to church, so I mailed my tithe in. You know what the kids said? Nothing. They didn't complain. They didn't whine. They, whoa, what about my presents? Because as I walked to the mailbox to mail that tithe, and that was one of the only times I could walk, and I made my, I'm going to that mailbox. We pulled out of that same mailbox the same day. How much? $3,300 in money orders. We still don't know where they came from. All these years later. You know why? Because I decided he's my supply. There was nobody there pulling money out of my pocket. There was no slick-tongued preacher on TV. Nobody was shouting. The music wasn't high. I just made a decision. I made a decision to obey what he was telling me to do. had nothing to do with the money. It had to do with the obedience. Now, let's take it off of money. There are people that need healing, and God's asking you to go pray for them. But you have a deficit inside of you because you're afraid to hear yourself pray. You have a poverty mentality. And God's trying to get you into the prosperity movement of healing. There are people that need deliverance from drugs. There are people that need to know they can have a future. But because you're so caught up in in your failures, God's trying to pull something out of you to bring them to another level. So what you've got to understand is when Jesus says this, and he said unto them, but now you that have this, what he's saying is for you, now, now you've got to do some research here. He's telling them to take this stuff with them, not because they need it, but because he's expecting them to give it. Because they have food, they have stuff. Now let me, let, let's, let's back this up. Jesus is speaking to thousands of people. And this, the, the, the disciples did not plan well. <laughs> and you have all these people, 5,000 men plus their wives and children. So we're talking about almost 20,000 people are hungry. And they're believing in Jesus. We're following you. You'll, you'll take care of us. Now there's those hangers. Now listen to me. There's some people that will follow you around for what they can get out of you financially. And then there's those people that want what's inside of you. Jesus had them both, but he fed them both. This little boy had, he had a two-piece fish dinner. That's what he had. Now, now I'm going to show you all something here. Look. The Bible says that Jesus took it. First of all, the little boy gave it. Let's be real clear on that. He didn't complain. He didn't give him half. He said, that's Jesus. Here. Now, everybody right here. He took a fish, grabbed a fish. The Bible says he blessed it, and he broke it in half, and it multiplied. You listening? He took the fish, hand, hand. I call this blessed in your name, Lord. Broke it. The tail grew a head. Head grew a tail. Handed it to his disciples. The disciples held it up, blessed it, broke it. Tail grew a head. Y'all, this happened in the sight of 20,000 people to the point they were all fed. This ain't about money because ain't none of them had none. But they ate. Now listen, listen, listen. They gathered up, I think it was 13 baskets. I can't remember. I'm sorry, I'm off. But they gathered up baskets of the leftovers. The left two-piece fish dinner, they gathered up baskets. Now baskets, you understand, on the head, baskets. 
You know why? Does anybody know why? It's because when that little boy about got home, his family never had asked for food ever again. Because Jesus blessed it. So what's your point? Here's my point. You can only break the spirit of lack by using the blessing of God. Lack says you can't. The blessing says it doesn't matter what you have. You call it blessed in the name of Jesus and do what he says do with it and watch it come back to you. That's the blessing of God. We got blessed. Uh, the car that we drive. Everybody seen us in that little gray Lexus out there? We got blessed with that. We didn't pay for that. We got blessed with it. Matter of fact, you wonderful people blessed us with that as a pastor appreciation because I've never taken a salary. And I want, first of all, I'm thankful for that. First of all, I think y'all got tired of picking us up on the side of the road. I think that's probably part of it. But the truth is, is, is we had that car literally one week. Now, now let's, let's back up. I had just gotten fired from Perk Engineering because it was going down. Coal industry was in a mess in the last administration. So it was going under. Those lab guys, we were gone. So we were, we were you know, I was out building, you know, finances, but figuring, figuring life out, watching God take care of us. We were okay. We were, we were all right. We pulled into my old place of work because we still had friends there. Pulled in in that car and found out later that the people in the office were bad-mouthing us for driving a Lexus after we just got fired. <laughs> Thankfully, we had somebody in our life that said, you have no idea what they've given. You have no idea the amount of cars they've given to people. You have no idea the amount of apartments they've set up for people. You have no, no idea how many families they fed out of their own pocket. Now, we didn't say this for us. Somebody said this for us. Now, what's the point? The point is, let them shout for joy who favor my righteous cause. And let them continually say that the Lord takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Y'all look right here. I ain't nothing. He's everything. Yeah, but you, 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 that, you, the pastor, you, if I don't have him, this is useless. We got to have his anointing. We got to have his glory. And we can't walk in the anointing, and we can't walk in his glory, and we can't walk in multiplication, and we can't walk in healing if we're worried about silly things like lack. Now, I don't want you to think that we don't care about where you're at. My God, if you've ever seen the poster child for Wick and food stamps, we're it. We've been there. Poundings. Anybody, everybody heard of poundings? Lord Jesus, they show up at your door with poundings and then make fun of you because you had to get them? I grew up as a kid in Mobile, Alabama with government cheese. Best cheese? Where did they get that cheese from? How come we can't get that cheese now? My gosh. I done got hungry, baby. I ain't going to lie. I don't want no cheese either. All right. All right. Let's, can, can we bring this down? Go to Proverbs 10 and 22, please. Just put it up on the screen. We're going to read it off the screen. Proverbs 10 and 22. This is an Old Testament scripture that speaks about the new covenant blessing. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow with it. Amplified version, please. The blessing of the Lord brings true, say true, riches. You can be rich and not have any money in your account. It brings true riches 
and adds no sorrow. Listen, listen, it adds no sorrow for it comes as a blessing of God. Let me explain something to you. What he's saying here is that God wants to pour out in your life in every area, not just your pocketbook. Matter of fact, prosperity, money is that small to God. You are that big. And what he wants for you is to understand that he wants to provide. Now, should you have a job? Yeah, well, the Lord provided me a job. I won't be at church for the next 17 Sundays. You're going to tell me, God, God said, you're so spiritual, you don't need to go to church. Come on now. Let's not be ignorant to the things of God. God is not going to give you something that takes you away from him. And let me, while I'm on this, let me just talk about this. God's not ever going to grace you to go against his word. And now God's never going to faith you into something that he didn't tell you. We got to get to where we're quiet and hearing him. Because there's too big of a divide right now. You got this company that says, in the church that says we got to have this. And this company that says that. And the truth is it's all the personality traits of Jesus. Jesus is full of grace. Jesus is full of faith. Jesus is full of love. But Jesus also is full of the blessing. And when you cover yourself in him, you cover yourself. Now, here's what it says. And he adds no sorrow. The translation is no toil, no backbreaking work. He broke the covenant that Adam had to live under where they had to break through rocks to even grow something. He took that and said, no more. From this moment forward, you believe me for it, I want to give it to you, but you got to believe it my way. Let me explain something to you. If I stood right here, well, let me get up here where you can see me. If I stood right here, and said, this is, okay, let's just, let's just do this. Because I know y'all done seen Steve Harvey trying to give away Publisher Clearinghouse. They say, I'm going to give you $5,000 a week. You'd take that, wouldn't you? Yeah. While I'm on this, let me just say this. I've had people ask me this question. If somebody was to win you know, $40 million in the lottery, would you take the tithe? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you can be spiritual if you want to, but money has no conscience. <laughs> money only has an assignment. Uh, well, y'all went in nothing. Anyway, Steve Harvey said, let's get back over here to Steve. Y'all were good when I was talking about Steve. $5,000 a month, it's on every commercial. I give it away to the Super Bowl. If they said, listen to me, if they showed up and you on TV, I got 5000 a week. First of all, I'm going to be giving you a call saying, hey, that ain't your source. Because let me tell you something, they some strings attached. But if they said to you, listen to me, if they said, we're going to give you, Tyler, we're going to give you $5,000 a week, but you got to strip naked, smear peanut butter on your head, and run around your yard 20 times, you better hide the GIF. <laughs> right? Am I right? You better put it up. This fix will get weird over here in Jasper. You'll do it too. Don't laugh at him. You'll do it too. Matter of fact, somebody down the road will try it. Just see if they come down there. what you would but yet the Lord says listen to me do what I say call it blessed watch it grow and we don't do it we won't learn his way he says my burden is easy my yoke is light See, the church, let me tell you something. We started this out to talk about the spirit of lack and the duality of the church. The duality of the church says this. Give all your burdens to Jesus. Just give it to him. And then we start judging you for your failure. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. 
People don't come to the altar because of that crap. And the truth is, you give your burdens to Him. You talk to Him. You give it to Him. You talk to Him. You give it to Him. You talk to Him. And eventually, you'll get enough flesh out of the way that you can start hearing Him talk back. Because He's talking to you every day. You just ain't listening yet. He's not there yet. And it's okay. We come in here every morning. Me and the Becoming Center guys, we're in here every morning praying. We're here at 7 till 8. And there are days, there are days that I'm walking around this church and I'm so heavy and burdened with life. It's 7 o'clock in the morning. My, the enemy ain't even up yet and I'm already tired. <laughs> but I have to give it to him. And then there's days I walk around and I'm laughing and I'm clapping and I'm, I'm floating in prayer. Both days, I'm still in the blessing. You wake up tomorrow, you don't feel saved. So, you're still saved. Let me just go ahead and deal with this. Lack means you don't have to get saved every Sunday. Lack means you've accepted it. I'm a screw up, but we're going to fix that. But my heart's with Jesus. People say this. People say, I love God. Now, let me just say something. I know I'm seven minutes over. Y'all just hang tight. You will see rock stars and rappers, and the music's filthy. I know I used to write it and sing it and play it. But they'll stand up there, and, I, you know, the, the song got a bunch of naked women in it, and they're talking about slapping people around and shooting somebody, but they talk about, I just want to thank God. Right. Nobody gets offended. Right. You let somebody stand up and say, the Lord and Savior, my Jesus Christ. Everybody loses their mind because there's power in that name. And you're waiting on God to do something that he's asking you to use his son for. You once, you once you bury yourself in the blood of Jesus, you have the right, listen to me, you have the right to expect good things. Well, you don't know what I've done. I don't care. It ain't my business. You want to come pastoral care with us and talk? Fine. But we're going to leave you with, that ain't what the Lord said. Well, pastor, you just don't know what I did. Sweetie, you don't have no idea what I used to do. And you know what? Ain't your business. You know why? Because it would change your view of me. You need to change your view of you. You need to look at yourself in the mirror and not see your mess, but see something Jesus found valuable enough to die for. Lack is not about money. Lack is about you feeling less than what he died for. And he died for you. And he died, listen, right? Listen, get these in here. He died as you. He took on your, <laughs> he took on your absolute worst so you could take on his absolute best. How do I walk in the blessing of pastor? You wake up every day knowing that you've taken on his best. Father, I know today I'm a mess. I know I've screwed up. I know I said some things yesterday I shouldn't have said. I know I messed up. Lord, please help me. What is it you want me to do? Because he thrives on using brokenness. He puts it back together. He thrives on broken vessels. He don't need perfect people. Y'all know that person? Everybody got this person in their life that everything going right? You know, this, this happens, that happened. You know, the hair's perfect every day. Makeup's right. Ties perfect, and they lost 40 pounds last night. You know that person? <laughs> that ain't what I'm talking about. That's fake. I'm talking about the heart of the matter, that you're willing to hear him above the noise. Yeah. 
And you do need to remove some voices from your life. But the biggest voice you need to stop listening to is yours. Because you know you. But he knows you better. And he knows what he created you to be. And he still speaks to you as that person. Amen. Y'all understand lack is to cause you to have a lack in every area, not money. Lack is a spirit that will make you think less of who you are. Let me tell you something. When I, when I, when I was doing all the things I was doing before I found Jesus, and I, I found myself in situations to where I was trying to help people, but I would go broke trying to help people because I was helping them for me. And then when I realized that I had an, uh, an, an unending source through the Holy Spirit and through Jesus inside of me, I understood when, when, when the beggar's there and he's lame and the, the disciples walked by and he said, give me something. And they said, silver and gold have I none. That, they didn't have it on them, but they had it. Let's just be real. It was back at the church, but they didn't have it with them. But they said, such as I have. What did they have? The blessing. Because the blessing destroys every yoke. The anointing breaks every bondage. But you are your own worst enemy. We give the devil a lot of credit for things that we're doing to ourselves. And a matter of fact, he wants that. Because he's weak and fearful. But if you ever figure out who you are. I told y'all last time, what, what is he so afraid of? He's afraid you're going to figure out who you are. And this is more better. When you figure out who you are and you do it the right way, in the spirit, the enemy sees Jesus. When you say things the way the word says it, when God says you find yourself, you take Proverbs 10 and 22 and you stand on it and I'm going to bless your life and you stand there and you declare just like over the fish, head and tail, tail and head, when you say the blessing of God is on me and I will not go through this, I will not struggle, I will not lack. The enemy and the heavenlies hears the voice of God. And if you can ever understand that, your life can change. But all you're saying is, God, help me because I can't help myself. That ain't in the Bible. That ain't in the Bible. Yeah, let, hey, I don't mean to make you mad, but get your Papa's crap out your head. Get the Word in there. Because it's the Word that will change your life. If you keep all that religion in there, you're going to die like the religious people died. But you get the Word in you and you'll live a life that's more abundant, that's more free, that's more caring, that sees people get up out of beds that's been there for months, that you will live a life where this word becomes real on the inside of you and you stay pliable because it's not about you, it's about him. However, when you put yourself in him, all of a sudden it becomes about you. He wants you to do this so he can help you. If it comes out of you, listen, oh, listen. If it comes out of you under his direction, he has a plan to get more back to you. It's called the blessing. Y'all got me working hard today. If I didn't stand up here and tell you the truth, whether it offended you or not, I'd be a bad pastor. I'm where I'm at because I'm a tither. I'm where I'm at because I'm a giver. I'm where I'm at because I let him talk to me on what to do. But I'm not where I'm at because I'm special. I just smeared peanut butter on my head and run around the yard. That's all I did. People say all the time, we had a phone call, and I, I promise y'all I'm going to let y'all go. 
in the next hour. <laughs> There's so much. I told you I had four pages. Next week, we'll go 20 minutes, okay? Don't believe that. April and I got a couple phone calls this week from some people. And they know our life, and they know what we've been through. They know my injuries. They know we lost everything and how God's restored us. They know all that. And they said, how'd you do it? How'd you do it? And the only answer that I could give, because they understood what I was saying, was the blessing of the Lord makes rich. When I was getting up out of that bed and I couldn't walk, like they were worried I was going to kill myself. Aaron was 12. How old were you? She don't even know. She, she, was, she was that tall. <laughs> I'm just playing. She would make a pallet by my bed every night and during the day because I couldn't move. And she would make sure I had food. No, don't get me. Everybody was doing it. But she was, they were all worried I was going to kill myself. And could I get up and walk to my gun? I would have because I couldn't move. Couldn't walk. One day, I sat up and said, the blessing of the Lord makes rich. People say, oh, well, it's about money. Oh, no. See, I needed wealth in my back. I needed, I needed discs to go back. I needed my spine to line back up. The injury was so bad, the surgeon was like, I ain't touching it. That's how bad it was. And then I find myself in the shower, praying in the Holy Ghost over my back. One step at a time. One step at a time, one step at a time. When people hear messages like this, they get overwhelmed because they're like, Lord, how do I walk in that? One step at a time. You're not going to be perfect tomorrow. You're not going to know how to pray everything perfectly tomorrow. You're not going to know how to do everything perfectly tomorrow, but take a step closer. Take a step closer. See, because let me tell you something. Had I been laying in that bed in, in 2002 and 2003 and not been able to move and had $20 million in the bank, it would not have mattered. This ain't about money. It's about knowing that whatever situation you find yourself in, that God has provided a way of escape. You just got to do it his way. And it ain't got nothing to do with peanut butter. <laughs> right? Isn't he good? Just say, we don't, I don't need anybody playing today. Just, just bow your heads right where you are. Go ahead and dim down those lights, guys. Let everybody get a little comfortable. Today is one of those days. We haven't had one of these days in a long time. But today is one of those days where we're not building up emotion. We're not trying to get you to shout. I just want you to take some inventory of yourself. Even on a day like today, Father, I pray over every person in this room that they receive something that pushes them forward today. Next week, we'll take more steps. Next week, we'll preach on something different. But right now, you're trying to break a duality mentality off of people. Lord, I'm not saying to these people that they don't have to go to their jobs. I'm not saying all that. What I'm saying is their jobs is just a supplement, but you are their source. So, Lord, I pray people see you purely and holy and as loving as possible today. It doesn't matter who has what. It doesn't matter who has more or less. Oh, it just matters that we all have you. So, Father, I pray over this room. I pray over every person in it, from the oldest to the youngest, that they receive something from you today. Your goodness and your grace, that they go to new levels, that new doors are open for them. But that they keep their eyes on you. 
Now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around, if you're in this place and you need Jesus, when I count to three, I just want you to put your hands up and right back down. Nobody's going to pull you to the front or pull you out. You say, Pastor Allen, I need the Lord in my life. I need to get some things right. Nobody's asking you to do anything except for lift your hand and then we're all going to pray together. If you need Jesus, just put your hand up and right back down. One, two, three. Amen. I see hands. Put them right back down. I see them. Put them right back down. Hands are going up all across this church. So those of you sitting right where you are, I want every one of you to pray this out loud. Those of you who raised your hands, say this out loud with me. Say, Father, I thank you that you sent Jesus to die for me. I accept that I need a Savior. Today, I am saved. Jesus, fill my heart. Create a new life. Show me how to walk it out. Thank you for peace. Thank you for the blessing. Thank you for a family. Thank you for heaven. And today, I am saved. And my life is forever changed. In Jesus' name, amen. People got saved today, church. That is why you come here. Now, real quick, we've already received offering. The praise team's not up here, so there's not praying out and all that kind of stuff. This is my last moment, and then we're going to let you guys go. You guys have music ready. Just let them fellowship when we're done. The blessing of the Lord makes rich. But people get so focused on that word rich, they miss the next statement. And adds no sorrow. Sorrow is what pulls you out of his hand. Those of you who gave your life to Jesus today, in 20 minutes or 30 minutes or tomorrow morning, when sorrow tries to hit you, you have a weapon. Amen. Pastor, you don't know what I did. You have a weapon. <laughs> One last thing, Lord Jesus. You are a new creation. You are, listen, let me, let me, everybody right here. You didn't just save the old stuff. The old stuff don't matter no more. The old stuff don't even exist. Jesus sees you as new. We see you as new. You need to see you as new. Because the truth is, all your old stuff is old. And you keep bringing it up. Hush. Amen. Somebody just say, hush. hush. I mean, no, say it like you mean. Say it like you're yelling at your kids. Say, hush. hush. If you'll hush, your life will change. Period. Pastor, I just don't know all this word stuff. Good. Don't say nothing else. <laughs> Y'all, I'm fixing to be honest with you. My wife will tell you this is God's honest truth. When I first got involved and I learned how powerful my words were, I didn't talk for weeks. It's true. You know why? Because I realized everything I say that's coming out of my mouth is happening. Time to hush. Now, I need to get back to that sometime. Don't amen that. All right. Real quick. I'm doing it this way for a reason. This is not how we normally do this. Y'all know this. People got saved here today. If, you got, if you've been saved in the last several weeks and you're interested in baptism, get with Brian. But here's the deal. Baptism shows an outward expression of what just happened in your heart. Listen, God sees you as clean and as pure and as holy as you ever were. One last thing. You need to hear this. You need to hear this. If your mind or somebody is reminding you of who you used to be, that ain't God. God don't operate like that. God's always talking about your future. 
God's always talking about what's next. God's always telling you what you can do, not what you did do. So today, it all ends. Today, we're moving forward. Amen? Amen. Give God a big hand of praise. Come on. Amen. All right.